Welcome to the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to be educated, enlightened, and empowered for success in their business pursuits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Dallimore. I am sure glad you decided to join us today. I look forward to yet another segment of This Is Their Story. And as I've said in the past, I love doing these segments in our podcast. It's so much fun for me to have other entrepreneurs come on and share their story. I learn a lot from their experiences. I gain new insight, new information that's going to help me in my journey as an entrepreneur. And I know it's going to help you as our audience in your journey as you go through that sometimes very lonely road that can be called entrepreneurship. And so it's it's for me, it's just it's a great experience. I love doing this. And today we're joined by yet another awesome entrepreneur. We're joined by uh, Christine McKay from Venn Negotiations. Christine, so excited to have you here today. I'm really excited to be here, Darren. Thank you for having me. Such an honor. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in today. I'm super excited. Yeah, it, it, Christine, this is this is going to be so much fun. And before we dive in, I just want to give our audience a little bit of background on yourself. You are the founder of Venn Negotiation. We're going to learn more about that. You're going to tell us how you came to that point, uh, which I'm excited to hear about. But you're also an author. Uh, you've got some books that are coming out, and we were just talking about that uh, briefly before we jumped onto the to the episode. You've got a book right now that's almost ready to come out. I think end of August is what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the book's called Why Not Ask? A Conversation About Getting More. So that's exciting. And you've got some other books coming out. Uh, another one, How You Ask Matters, is going to be coming out in October is what you mentioned. Probably October, certainly by the end of this year. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, Christine's an author. She's got some books coming out. Another one signed here that's in the works. Uh, All are, I'm assuming around negotiation, conversation, how you interact with individuals. So, which as we talked about earlier, Christine, it's something that maybe not everybody's good at, especially as an entrepreneur, negotiating Mm -hmm. is not maybe our strong suit. So Mm -hmm. some great resources for people to uh, look at. Um, We'll provide links. We'll talk about this more in the podcast. We'll have links for all this, where you can find the books and find all this stuff that Christine's putting together. She's also, she also has her own podcast and the podcast is called the Venn Zone. And so uh, if you want to learn more about negotiation and different things, you've got to go check her out there. I'm assuming iTunes and all those other places they can find you. Everywhere, everywhere that podcasts are is pretty much where I'm at. So everywhere podcasts <laughs> and, are sold. <laughs> yeah, and and you can find it on our YouTube channel too. So excellent. Well, so so much. I mean, you you've got a lot going on. You've done a lot to get where you're at, Christine. And so let's dive into that. Your experience, your story. I think you know. I've told people a little bit about your books, your podcast, your business. Let's back up a little bit. Um, that's where you're at now. Obviously, you didn't just wake up <laughs> and boom, it all was here. No. <laughs> Tell us about your business and, and, and how you got to this point. What, what, um, uh, how, when did this start? How did you get here? Well, so I started, the, I launched Venn Negotiation. Well, I incorporated it a couple of years ago, but it wasn't really until the pandemic hit actually that I started to actually do much with it. So I had this great idea 
I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't know really where to start with it and how to really kind of approach it. Um, and I wasn't sure if the, it was something that the market would really be interested in. So I kind of was playing around with things. And then last year, I decided to get serious about um, about working the business more aggressively. And really, I mean, all the things that you just mentioned that I that I've done in terms of you know books and starting the podcast. I mean, I just started the podcast this year in March. The books are all coming. Two of the three books are coming this year. Um, I launched a new program this year, uh, which I just actually launched it last week. The first iteration of it, and have more have another sessions already scheduled for later this year. Second program's already in development. I mean, it's been. It's been a lot. And yeah. I sit and I go and I and I imagine many people listening can relate to this. I sit and go, oh, my God, look at all the things I haven't done that I need to get done. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and, and I have to I have to remind myself that um, that I've actually done a heck of a lot. I've recorded almost 50 episodes of my podcast just this year. So I've, I've done a lot. Um, but it, you know, it's as with anything, it's nothing is an easy road. And I think kind of how I started in my early adulthood is really informs kind of, and it and actually informed why I started Ben negotiation. And I grew up in North central Montana in the middle of nowhere, uh, in a town of like 500 people nestled up against the Canadian border and the, on the prairie. And um, I had a really successful high school career. But when I was 19, I discovered that I was pregnant. I wasn't married. I just lost my job and I got evicted from my the trailer that I lived in. And so I lived in I moved into the back of my my car. And for the first six months of my pregnancy, I was homeless and I, I lost a lot of weight. I was really sick. Um, and I met this woman. Her name was Roxanne Yukin. And she challenged me. I just quit living out of the back of my car and she challenged me. She's like, I want you to write down four goals. And she was a very, very religious woman. And so she's like, and pray on them, you know? So if, if you're not religious, meditate on them, think about them, contemplate them, whatever. She's like, write down four goals. So the first day that I went to the welfare office, because you can't get assistance when you don't have um, an address, uh, they asked me, what are you going to do? And the first thing that I said was one of those goals. And it's the only one that I remember of those goals. And that was, I'm going to go to Harvard. Wow. Wow is right. And so they laughed at me and I heard it come out of my mouth and I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? Like who, like who says that you just quit living out of the back of your car. You're seven months, almost seven months pregnant. What, who are you? And so, but I never forgot that moment. And, you know, I married a guy who was not such a nice guy. Um, he was initially, but ended up not being, I had two more kids. I had three kids at the age of 22. They were 32 months apart. So I was pregnant for three consecutive years. I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to go to school, but my husband couldn't support me. We did our grocery shopping in the local food bank. I dug through garbage cans to find soda cans to be able to exchange to put gas in the car at times. We heated with the gas the, the gas oven open um, because that we didn't couldn't afford fuel in New England in the winter sometimes. 
And so it was, I, it was a crappy existence and, you know, I'd done all these amazing things in high school and I went, what the heck am I doing? What life am I, whose life is this? This is not the life that I wanted. So I renegotiated one. And one of the things that I've learned about negotiation is it always starts with you. And the most amount of work that needs to be done in preparing for the negotiation is preparing yourself. And so I decided I was going to take the risk and go to college. And so I went to a community college. I was only allowed to study from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, and I got ex- I got a full scholarship to a four-year school called Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. And I realized it was going to be easier on my own than with my husband at the time. And so I took my kids and I became one of the very first women to graduate from Rensselaer as both a full-time mom and a single mom, a full-time student and a single mom. And then I was able, that opened up a whole different career for me. I started working for what's now Verizon and I started out in marketing. I didn't like it. So I went where I loved, which was in numbers and working in finance. And I found an opportunity to start working in international mergers and acquisitions. And it opened up this whole world to me of negotiation and multicultural negotiation, multi-party negotiations, lots of different complex issues, analysis, psychology, culture, all these different things that I started to, to do and see. And I started in Southeast Asia, where um, at the time in the early 90s, because I've been doing this for almost 30 years now, but in the early 90s, there were no women in business in the early 90s in Southeast Asia. In some of the smaller companies, they didn't have women's bathrooms. Some bathrooms were just holes in the ground. I mean, it was it was such a total different world. It was a completely different universe from what anything that I was accustomed to. And so, but I learned, a, it was a great place to start as a negotiator was in Asia because their way of negotiating is not the same as it is in the United States. And I started out, and so I, I did that, that worked there. And then I started working in Eastern and Western Europe. And then a funny thing happened on the, the road to my next step. One day in June, it was like, I think June 1st uh, of 1998, And my three kids walked across stage in front of me as I got my MBA from Harvard University. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I had renegotiated my life. And I was like, you know, and it was like, I I thought that I made it right. I, I graduated from Harvard University, the Mecca. I mean, there are a lot of amazing schools, but no matter what, Harvard has the greatest brand recognition across the globe. No matter where I went in the world, somebody in the smallest village, at least one person had heard of Harvard. Um, And so I graduated from Harvard and I took a job that I didn't want. I took a job because my ex-husband sued me for custody when I was at Harvard. And I thought that that I had I just had to take the first job I could get. And I did it for a while. And then the dot-com bubble happened and I got lured away by a a small um, startup. And then the bubble burst. And I had, as, as the bubble was starting to burst, I realized that a lot of small businesses were, their CEOs and CFOs and founders 
were trying to renegotiate really bad deals. And I was like, this is a waste of their time. They need to be focusing on the future. How are they going to stay afloat? How are they going to keep their employees motivated when massive layoffs are going, going going on all around in the industry? So one day I called five executives. I said, would you hire me to do this? Would you hire me to renegotiate this bad, these bad deals for you? And one of them hired me that day. And so I started my entrepreneurial journey kind of, I think, from figuring out that I didn't want to be homeless anymore and figuring out that that was to move off that path to get to Harvard very much required an entrepreneurial mindset. The ability to think quickly, the ability to adapt, the ability to take on and absorb risk and not be in a panic about the risk that you were taking on, that I was taking on. And then when it came to you know starting my first company, which was called McKay Partners and doing the same thing, you know, not being afraid of picking up the phone and, you know, what's the worst they're going to say? I mean, I'm unemployed. So what's the worst they're going to (laughs) say? No, it means I don't go. Okay. So I don't, I don't make income today either. Okay. That's fine. Um, And then, and then situation changed and I went back into corporate for, for about eight, nine years. And then I started working for this um, tech company that was a spinoff of a large organization. And I started and I and I had to renegotiate, I had to negotiate contracts across this wide range of large business with large co- companies like British Telecom, Bank of New York, Pfizer, J&J, L'Oreal, I mean, just a whole bunch of them. And I kept hearing these big companies say to me, Here's our contract. Just sign it. We don't negotiate with companies like you. And when I finished that job, when I'd done all that I could do there, I said, I'm tired of this line. So many small businesses believe that they are not able to negotiate effectively with a large player. They believe they've bought into this notion that I don't have power. I don't have leverage. And so they actually voluntarily acquiesce it. Very similar to what what I saw at the welfare office was people told me when I said I was going to go to Harvard, right? They laughed at me first. Then they told me that's impossible or that's going to be too hard or you're going to fail. You're just a statistic. Well, guess what they tell small business owners? You know, exact same stuff. The exact same stuff. And so the same thing happens at the welfare office, the, the fight to, to, to disbelieve what you're being told, to think something different about yourself is the same struggle that entrepreneurs have in thinking something different about themselves than what their partners are telling them, their parents are telling them, their friends are telling them. When, when you're the closest people in your world start running for the hills or telling you that you're stupid or that you don't know what you're getting into or how are you going to provide for your family that's not possible this is a bad idea right and you're told 90 percent of you are going to fail why would anyone ever do this and then they start believing it and so i launched venn negotiation out of a passion for helping reduce the business failure rate by helping companies elevate their negotiation. And so we're a full service negotiation firm. We do training, we train individuals, we do corporate training that's based on 
the relationships that the company themselves have. And we provide negotiation services where we go in and we either coach a client through negotiation or we lead the negotiation um, with respect to the team. So that's a very long-winded... But that's a great story. I mean, that you know, the thing, Christine, is, is as I've done this with so many other entrepreneurs, their stories start differently. Um, they have different experiences, but but the the there's so many just I get, I would call them true principles that happen in, within those stories. And and as I was hearing your story, a lot of these other stories kept coming through my head. And I'm like, oh well, yeah, somebody different different circumstances, but similar experiences in the sense of. You know, you talk about overcoming fear, you talk about, you know, a mindset, you talk about all these different things that all entrepreneurs need to have. And so, no, just a, it's a fascinating story. I, I love it. I want to dig more into that story. I wish we had more time to go into that because there's just so much that you shared there um, that is just so powerful. And I, I think the way I would leave it for our audience is, is you look, I, I mean, you went from homeless, really to very successful. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't um, simple. It was hard, but you did it because you made a decision. Uh, you set a goal and people laughed in your face about that goal. You set a goal and said, I'm going to do this. And you didn't listen to anybody else. And you went out and, 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 and made it happen. And so for those of you who are listening, maybe you've got an idea and people are maybe throwing something in your face saying, oh, that's not going to work that. Yeah. Well, are you crazy? Stop listening to them, you know, do your hard work, do what you need to do to make sure it's right and go out and get it done. That's what I, that's what I got from your story is stop listening to everyone else and go out and get, get it done. And I'd actually add, sometimes you have to stop listening to yourself. That yes, you're true. Yeah. Right. Because the hardest part of any negotiation is the one we have between our ears. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it, we, we tell ourselves so often that, so here's an example. This is maybe a little bit of a woo-woo example, but I just launched my, my new program last week. I've been building it. I, and in the end of May, I had my first live speaking gig where I was selling my program from stage and I got a cold and I got laryngitis. And, you know, I'm pushing through, I am not feeling good, but I'm pushing through and I keep pushing through and June happens and I'm pushing through and I don't have the cold, but my, I still have laryngitis. My voice is a mess. My voice was a mess until literally two hours ago because I, what I, I, I started, did some work with an energy, um, an MD who did some energy work with me and we did some meditation and, and a bunch of things. Last week, when I went to the doctor, they tested my voice and my voice, the octave of my voice or the Hertz of my voice. Um, typical woman is 200 Hertz and typical guy is 125. My voice was at 130 Hertz. And so when I worked with this woman this morning, she just, it is like, she's like little things like you're worthy, you're worthy to be heard. You, you know, you people, you know, you forgive yourself for being, you know, heard, you forgive others for listening to you. You just like, she had these, just these mantras that she did with me. And guess what? My voice is not a hundred percent, but it's massively improved from what it was two hours ago. Because the story that I told myself 
was that I, I've been doing negotiation for 30 years. I've negotiated with almost half the Fortune 500, 63 of the Fortune 100, and I've negotiated in over 50 countries. I've been around the block. I've done M&A, I've done procurement, and I've done sales. I know a lot about negotiation. I have a different way of talking about it, a way that nobody in the market talks about it. Like I use music and movies and literature to teach adults a different way of thinking about how to ask for more and, and get more of what it is that you want. And so, but this inside of my own head, I was like, nobody wants to hear that message. Nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's going to do that. People are going to laugh at you. It's not going to work. It's going to fail. That was what was going on in my head. So it manifested. I'm convinced now that it's it manifested by giving me laryngitis. My body was saying, well, we don't want you to take that risk. Don't take that risk. Oh, right. Sit here. Sit here. Be okay. You're doing fine. You're doing good. You got all this. You're doing great on the podcast. You got your books coming out. That's all great. But don't go start speaking this message. It's different. That's unusual because it's not going to work. That was what I was telling myself. And this woman helped me realize that that was what I was telling myself and helped me start work through it. Literally two years, two hours ago, my voice sounded very similar in tone to yours. Well, I hope my voice sounds okay, but I get what you're well, saying. Yes, it does because you're a guy. I'm I, right. I yeah. that, my message is not naturally that low. No, I know. Well, you sound great. I'll say that. You sound fantastic. I'm I'm glad you don't sound like me. People would be like, oh boy, you know. That's no, that's well and you're you're absolutely right. We, you know, the battle between our ears is one we have to beat as well. And and I, I love what you share there. I want to ask you because one of the things we talk about, and I'm curious in your your story, I was trying to see if you kind of alluded to it a little bit, um, but I want to dive into this a little bit more about a support system, family, friends, others that may have helped you along the way. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that. Who, how, what kind of support system did you use as you made this journey, especially with Venn negotiation to get mm -hmm. to where you're you had a lot of experience prior to that, but just in these last few years, months, uh, getting Venn negotiation going, what kind of support system did you rely on? So, I, I mean, I'm super fortunate. Um, I've been married to the love of my life for 28. We just had our 28th wedding anniversary. And, um, and, you know, I, through the pandemic, things were challenging. I made a lot of investments in my business, um, but there's not a lot of people in the market doing what I do. And so there was a bunch of trial and error. So there was a lot more money going out than was coming in. And I hit a point and I was really, it, things were really, really like tight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can I keep this going? Um, and my husband became a 25% investor in my business. Um, you know, he, you know, he like put, put dollars behind, you know, his words and, you know, a lot of, a lot of us don't have that a lot of, and especially true for women where there are a lot of men who uh, in their lives who don't support them being entrepreneurs. And so that's really hard. So I'm super blessed and super fortunate that my husband is just completely supportive. 
I scare him sometimes. This whole entrepreneur, he's not an entrepreneur, he's not an entrepreneurial person. So this entrepreneurial journey is, is terrifying for him. He, he, the lack of uncertainty, the, you know, the, okay, this is what's going to, this is what I'm working to make happen. And if it doesn't happen exactly like that, it freaks him out. Right. And so, so it's a communication back and forth with him. I have three amazing adult daughters who are phenomenally supportive. One of them actually works for me. She does most of my ghostwriting and she you know, does a bunch of other things for me. And that has been a huge treat for me to be able to work with one of my daughters. One of my other daughters is exceptional in digital marketing. So she advises me on different things. And then I've just found people who are at different places in their in their journeys. Uh, some are entrepreneurs, some are not. Some work in major corporations. And I've just been able to kind of pull together a group of people who aren't yes people, who don't say, you're amazing, you're amazing. And I find that when I meet those people, they stay in my world for a time, but then I usually move them to kind of a different row in the balcony. So different row in the theater <laughs> of my life. Um, because I, that's not what I, that's not what I need. What I need are people who are encouraging, but who call me on my BS, who push me, who don't let me get away with things. Um, I have a business coach who just, you know, I, I tell myself, I'm going to, I'm going to do this this week. And then when I don't do it, I give myself a pass. And he's like, you're not living in integrity with yourself. And I'm like, whoa, what did you just say to me? <laughs> kind of like, he's like, I, I, he's, I said, you've brought this integrity thing up a couple of times. Are you saying that I'm not being, not op living with integrity? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, who the heck are you to say that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's you're you're right. I'm not living in my integrity. I I do give myself a pass. A commitment to myself is not a commitment that I make. It's not you know. And so and and I know a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with that. It's like they say, okay, I'm going to hit this kind of revenue. I'm going to make this many phone calls. I'm going to make ten phone calls today, and I make nine. And they go, oh well, I made nine out of ten. I'm okay. No, you're not okay. Right. You said you you told yourself you were going to make 10. You were lying to yourself to heck with the rest of the world and what they see or don't see. How much longer are you going to lie to yourself? Would you tolerate that from somebody that you were working with? No, you wouldn't. You'd say you said you're going to do nine, 10, but you only did nine. That's that's a miss on your target. Right. You know, so so we we tell ourselves we tell ourselves we can't do things. And then, or when we, when we say we're going to do something and we don't do it, then we give ourselves a pass and say, oh, that's okay. We, you know, it's okay, but it's not, it should it be, is it really okay or not? I mean, there are times when circumstances come in and maybe it's a health issue or something else and that's different, but, but I'm actually, my coach is one of my coaches is really pushing me to stop, stop lying to myself, stop giving myself passes on things and be more and expect more from, from me. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself like, dang it, how many times have I done that? Boy, I need to work on that. But, but bottom line is, 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 as we talk about a support system, that's something we believe strongly on this podcast is people need a support system. You had, you're fortunate. You have a husband, daughters that are helping you a, a business coach. You even mentioned just 
finding people, other people that are um, willing to maybe not just agree with everything you say, push back and give you some, some very uh, good criticism or, or, or other things to think about. And so bottom line, what we want people to take away from that, the reason I asked that question to all of the guests on our show is you need a support system, whether it's family, friends, some, you need someone to help you along this journey because it is lonely. It is a journey that um, can, can be um, very, uh, you can beat yourself up over it. And, and so you need some support and don't just pe- get people in your life that are always just going to um, say yes to everything you do. Those are helpful, but not always maybe beneficial in the long right. run. And so I you appreciate you want to be challenged. And I always say, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself at the mm-hmm. hardest moments of your of time. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I, I love that. Um, I just, I was looking at the time here, Christine, we have a few minutes left. I, I want to make sure I want to cover two things before we get into um, learning uh, about where people can find out more about you and, and, and look into what you're doing at Venn Negotiation. The, the first thing I want to ask you is, as you look back on your journey and, and you kind of go back through what's gone on and is, would there have been anything you would have done differently and, and maybe why you would have done it differently? Would I have done it differently? Um, I don't know that I would have done, done something differently. Um, because I, my, my kind of, my philosophy is that all the decisions I make, I make with the best information I have available at that time. And, you know, I could look in the rear view mirror and say, oh, well, you know, I didn't like that. That was a terrible decision, but I tend to be the person who says, I didn't like the outcome of that decision. So that just means I get to make a new decision, right? <laughs> and I don't, I don't spend a lot of time kind of looking in the rearview mirror okay. to to think about what I do, could do differently. I, I do, I went, I mean, I do wish what I, something I had done more of is ask for more from others. Okay. I wish that I had asked for help sooner. I wish that I had asked for investors. Um, sooner. I wish that I'd asked for advisors sooner. Um, and I'd, I, you know, I so for me, it's about asking for more, um, which one would think, you know, as a negotiator is like, oh, that's something that you do all the time. Well, it is for other people, but it's different when I'm negotiating for myself, right? Negotiating on your own behalf is a very different activity than negotiating on behalf of others. Um, and, you know, just like everyone else, I have my emotional baggage that comes into different things <laughs> and different emotional triggers and all that garbage. And so, but that would be, I wish that I asked for more. I wish I, you know, one of my favorite Maya Angelou quotes is ask for more and expect to get it. And I, not only did I not ask for more, earlier in my life, but I never expected to get it even when I did ask for it, right? Um, and that second part of that quote is equally as important as the first one, because yes. if, you don't, if you don't believe that you're worthy of it, then you're not going to get it either. So, well, and, and the way you ask it will, will, will show that you, you'll Absolutely. be hesitant in the way you ask and, and you're, you know, you won't push it to get what you want. I, that's an excellent quote. And, 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 and I love what you share. I mean, maybe 
you wouldn't change your experiences, but just maybe doing things a little like asking sooner, doing that. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Maybe I wasn't mm-hmm. clear, but that's, that's great. I mean, I think as we look back, there's always things that were like, Oh yeah, you know, if I'd have done that a little sooner or this would have helped, but you know, I, I love what you share there. The, the, the last thing I want to ask you before we find out more about what, where people can learn more about then negotiating negotiation and what you're doing is this is your chance, Christine, as you, Think about your experiences and all the different things you've gone through. There's our audiences out there going through different things, different experiences. What advice would you share with them? What, uh, Whether that's something that's been shared with you, maybe you just shared it here just with that last quote. Um, what would you tell our listeners as they're going through this entrepreneurial journey or maybe looking to get into entrepreneurship? What advice would you give them? So entrepreneurship is definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, But when it comes to kind of when you think about when you think about your business, think about your business as a series of relationships and negotiation is nothing more than a conversation about those relationships. That's all negotiation is. It's not this big meeting that you have to go do or anything like that. It's literally a conversation about a relationship and you can't win those. You can get more value out of them, but you can't win at a relationship, right? You can win at a game, but you can't win at a relationship. And so, you know, think about your business as the accumulation of all the relationships that you want to have that allow you to be and to be who you want to be, allow you to achieve what you want to achieve and allow the people that you're in those relationships with to do exactly that same thing, right? To to be who they want to be and to achieve the things that they want to achieve. And when you treat your business as this accumulation of relationships, it really changes what you give yourself permission to do. And it opens up possibilities. And be curious be we we forget as as we get older and move further away from childhood we forget to be curious be curious about you be curious about the people that you are in relationships with be curious about the situations that you're finding yourself in that curiosity will allow you to just it, you will un, so many things will unfold for you by being curious about how to make your relationships even better and that's kind of the biggest thing that that's that's my philosophy that's fantastic. That is such fantastic advice. I love what you just shared. That is, that's awesome. I've always told people business is about people and you've taken it a step further. It's about relationships and, and in your negotiation, I never even thought of that is that, Hey, this is, this is a, this, we're not negotiating anything. Just, this is a relationship discussion here. We're just, we're, we're working at a relationship here. Uh, it's changed my perspective on that. Thank you. That that's great. And I, I, if you're listening to this, that that's some great advice, write that down and and make sure you use that in your business. So, all right, Christine, it's, it's your chance now to let everybody know. I mean, I love what we're sharing and we had so many more questions. Time's just not going to permit to go through them all, but you've shared a a lot of amazing stuff. I want to give you a chance to, to let people know where they can find out more about the negotiation, what you're doing your books, your podcast, everything. So throw it at us. What do you got? 
<laughs> so the easiest way is absolutely to go to our website at Venn Negotiation. And it's Venn as in Venn diagram. So it looks a little weird when you type it in because it's V-E-N-N negotiation. So three ends in a row. Look me up on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. You can just look up Christine McKay. You can just type Christine McKay. And if you just type Christine McKay in the in Google, I usually come up add negotiation and I always come up. So, um, so that's the easiest way to, to find me. And you can check out our podcast in the Venn zone on any podcast things. You can go to Venn, V-E-N-N dot zone to go to the website for the podcast. Um, so yeah, so those are the easiest ways to, to find me. Excellent. And we will put links everyone. If you're, if you're driving in, you can't write this down or whatever. Um, we'll have links to her website, to the podcast website, and as well as we'll remind you how to find her on LinkedIn so you can find her. In fact, I'll, what I'll do is I'll go on LinkedIn, I'll find your profile, and I'll put that link right in there for people so they can just click on it and go right there and find you LinkedIn so that people can locate you. Uh, it sounds like you've got some different services you can offer individuals. Really excited um, and, and so, and she's got a quiz that, by the way, we've got to share. I, I, we've got to talk about that real quickly. She's got a quiz. You're going to, you're working on revamping it, but a quiz that'll tell you your negotiation style. Yes. And uh, mine was, I forget, trust. Benefactor. Traditional benefit. You are traditional. traditional benefactor. Yes. And so just with that information alone, it can help you understand how you, uh, you get a little video at the end. Christine explains how your style works. It just, it helps. It's anything to help you understand how you interact with people in negotiation situations is helpful. So go take that quiz. It's really cool. And and when do you think you're going to have the new one ready, Christine, as far as updated? It should be ready. It should be ready by, what is, it should be ready by the end of August, certainly. It will Excellent. absolutely be ready by then. So. Excellent. So yeah. at least you get to understand who, what your negotiation style is. So make sure you check that out. That's on our website. Again, link in the podcast show notes. Well, Christine, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful to have you on our show. We appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Darren. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who stayed with us through the end. I'm really honored by you spending your time with us. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And everyone, again, thank you for listening to our podcast episode. We appreciate you joining us. And as always, you know, make sure you go and like it. Give us thumbs up. Make sure you go and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing so that we can uh, provide the best content for you. This is about you. This is not about me or Danielle or anybody else. We want this to be about our audience. So make sure that you let us know how we're doing by doing those things. Give us feedback. Give us reviews. We, we love it. In addition, if you want to check out more about what we're doing, you can find us on Ascent101.com. That's our website. Make sure you go check that out as well as just the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Ascent 101. Just go there and you'll find it all out there for uh, what we're doing. And finally, if you have any questions, make sure you send those questions to our everydayjoe at ascent101.com email so we can answer your questions on our podcast. And last of all, like we always like to say, we want to wish you the very best on your entrepreneurial journey. Thanks for joining us, everyone.